This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! All right, all right. Welcome, welcome to the Ward Scott Box. Professor Ward Scott here, settling in. On, let me just tell you up front, a slow news day. I don't know what it is. I think I know what it is. I think I'm going to try to delve into it today because it's going to heat up. But it might not heat up with any new material. And that's what's pretty interesting to keep an eye on. We are here in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. Man, we got a heck of a rain in the middle of the night. We got two and a quarter inches of rain here. And uh, we'll welcome that. And uh, we are, of course, uh, in the Warthog Man Cave which is inside the Melton Law Studio. And Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida of Fighting Gator, who didn't fight too well last night on the girls' basketball court. They were missing two or three of their players, but they're getting better. I really like the team. I like the coach. So here we are moving right along, and we're also protected by crime prevention, as you know. John Pastore and Randy Elrad, and supported by Style Cuts, Julio uh, Casio Full Service Insurance, R&R Construction, On the Spot Cleaners. Uh, I will still, I'll go on in detail at the bottom of the hour. Well, and lest I forget, lest I forget, Caliber Coffee. Let me wet my whistle. Ah, say Ward Scott 15, and you get 15% off. Where are we? Why is it not more explosive today? And by the way, the phone lines are open. You can jump in here at 352-707-9101 to say hello or you know, up yours or whatever you want to say, and we'll talk for a while. But until then, one local piece of news, and of course, as I said, I think the county commission, city of Gainesville, really kind of are out of touch. And they were going to have, finally at long last, Several months now, a story which we covered really well. GPD reinstates canine unit. Now, the canine unit was going to have to report. It was if it was going to be if it were a subjunctive mood. If it were going to be deployed 
used to chase somebody. And it's always a hot moment. It's always under a lot of stress. The chief of police. Well, he might be in the lilies at 2 o'clock in the morning. Song logs. 3 o'clock in the morning. 11 o'clock somewhere in the morning. Come on, all over the place. He don't want to be bothered every time there's a case for deploying the canines. Well, somebody must have heard us. Evidently, now those guys handling those dogs before they can let them chase the bad guy simply need to contact the shift commander. You would have thunk that that would have been common sense. Wouldn't you? I mean, come on. <laughs> you were going to up the food chain to the chief? Crazy, crazy, crazy. So that's one little thing that's gotten a change in the bureaucracy. Also, the GRU control board is going to ask that the city get back some money that they've been taking. Not a big chunk. Any better than none. And they're going to go looking for a new CEO. I think that's the right thing to do. If you're going to start over and you're going to start on some sort of where you know you're starting from, I think, now you can call in and dispute me, I think it makes sense that we get a new CEO that this group here picks him and that he is not meddled with politically by the ideology of the Gainesville City Commission that that CEO, male or female, well, i got to cover more than that now, transitioning, I'm sorry, I can't cover it all. Transitioning, declassifying, what all it is they say they're doing, at any rate, the person who applies for that job needs to be selected as that person, not on what criteria? DEI? DEI needs to be selected on meritocracy. The merit, the excellence, the training, the intelligence, the judgment of that person is that which should be the yardstick by which the selection is made. That has not been the case in the Gainesville city government. Forever and a day. And it really, you, you could put your finger, if you've been around here long enough as I have, on the moment it happened and on who done it. Who done it? P. Green underhand. When Pete Green underhand, Warren Nielsen, 
We used to get moony-eyed on the dais with her, on a carrier book, so to speak. And that crowd, and they went to seven instead of five commissioners. It was never the same. It was never the same. It was one cock-a-loony idea after another. Every once in a while, there'd be a person who managed to stick his head up out of his foxhole. And the person I'm thinking of is Ed Braddy. Ed Braddy was an excellent mayor. But guess what? They went after him. They followed him home. They knew he had a one too many every once in a while. And when his good buddy came along to help him from the GPD police force, whom they eventually followed also, and all that getting him was plotted out in the coffee culture shop, which somebody recorded and passed along to us, and we listened to. It was amazing. So we can put our finger on the time that Mike Kurtz was fired. Perfectly good utility then. Perfectly good person running the utility, knew what he was doing. Very well trained, very smart. I went to the breakfast when he explained his position. And when he predicted, he wouldn't be kept. And that has been a long time. I, I've not looked up how long ago, but it's been a long time ago. So we're just getting around. Just getting around to a course correction. Thankfully, with the help of Tallahassee and Keith Perry and Chuck Clements. That was huge. And now we've got another election coming up. And that district has been changed a little bit. And we had one of the candidates on the other day running for that position, Ramey Eagle Glenn. And you got to listen and meet her. We've got two county commission candidates running for District 3 of a single-member district against Prezaya, who is an incumbent, who wanted to write a letter about the Gaza Strip as if she were and her fellow commissioners Commissioners in Israel. This is the same thing about P. Green Underhand. She wanted to lead, she wanted Lachua County to lead the world in changing from fossil fuel. And took the whole doggone city down with her. And do you think they give a hoot in Europe? 
this is the kind of cockaloony stuff that's going on. So we were very fortunate in having Keith Perry, Chuck Clements, articulate, committed, and making something happen that would correct this. And even so, even so, there was more misinformation put out about that. Needless, heedless lawsuits led by Robert Carl Marx Hutch Hutchinson, now, re- I don't know what he is, retired or whatever, former anyway, for now, Pottawa County Commissioners, a commissioner. Along with a crowd here in town of liberal attorneys, liberal professors, trying to sue it, undo it. Of course, it's unsuccessful. And on top of that, you've got quietly simmering over there the supervisor of elections office. Where? We uncovered on the Ward Scott files, thanks to our investigator instigator, proof, undeniable proof, that the election be happened. And when we use the B word fraud, YouTube took us off the air permanently. Now go check us with Rumble. Go check us with Vimeo. This is America right now. It's America. I mean, it's, it's, it's all... I don't know where to start. I mean, I can start anywhere. Odds and ends, I guess. Let me ask you, let me ask you some quiz questions. What is the combined number of years in prison, in prison, that the January 6th defendants have received? I'll take a sip of caliber coffee. This is according to a publication called Newsletters. 800, yeah, 847 years in prison. These sentences span from just a few days to 22 years. This is according to the court filings of the Department of Justice data. Quentin Cantrell, who is a practicing attorney of more than two decades, received one of the lightest prison sentences at six days, which the judge allowed him to serve intermittently on weekends. What did he do? He marched past barriers on January 6th, the word is marched, 
I hope it was literally a march, if the writer's going to use the word march, the verb march. He marched past barriers on January 6th with his two cousins and lingered in restricted areas of the Capitol for about 20 minutes. This uh, gentleman, Quentin Cantrell, did not directly injure anyone or damage any property. He was found guilty of two misdemeanors and his home state of Indiana suspended him from practicing law there. Now, Enrique Terrio, who is a former national chairman of the Proud Boys, he holds the record for the longest prison sentence. He was not in Washington on January 6th. But he organized a group of more than 200 to breach the Capitol that day. He has been found to be, you know, that great sentence in Hamlet. I have to pause and have another teaching moment with you. The two clowns are grave makers in Act 5 of Hamlet. And they're digging Ophelia's grave. Now, Ophelia committed suicide. She drowned herself. But she didn't officially be found of suicide. And the one clown who is dumber than the other clown wants to know how that can happen. How if you drown yourself, it can be found that you didn't take your own life. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the answer. And it's so interesting because I've heard it used in arguments about insurance and boats damaged against a dock, for example. The smart clown says to the dumb clown, look, you dummy, here lies the water. Here stands the woman. If the woman goes to the water, she drowns herself. But if the water comes to the woman and soaks up her clothing so that she can't extricate herself from the water, she drowns not herself. So the dumb clown says to the smart clown, who in the world made that interpretation? And the smart clown says, why the courts did, the judge did. This is a line. Say effendendo. He's 
punning on it is found to be so. And he's punning by saying, and if it offends you, so what? Say offendendo. Here lies the water. Here lies the person. If the person goes not to the water, but the water comes to the person, the person shortens not his own life. Therefore, he didn't drown himself. Then, in a comic closure to that syllogism, the smart clown says to the dumb clown, go, cudgel thy dull ass no more about it, for it will not mend its pace with beating. Marvelous line. He tells the dumb clown, you're like the proverbial donkey, the stubborn donkey, that when it won't move, it won't move. And you can beat on it, but it won't move. Cudgel thy dull ass no more. Go, fetch me a stoop of liquor. Ah, ah, there it all is. There it all is. What do you think Shakespeare thought of of the law and of the courts and of justice? Go read Act 5 and read that, and you'll see. You'll see exactly what he thought. So here's Henri Theriot, a former national chairman of the Proud Boys. He holds the record for the longest prison sentence. He was not in Washington on January 6th, but they claim he organized a group of more than 200 to breach the Capitol that day. So that therefore, he was the ultimate leader of a conspiracy, the judge said. All that was a conspiracy. And then the judge said, I don't even think this is debatable. So Tario was convicted of a rare, seditious conspiracy charge, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, destruction of government property, and other related charges, for which he received 22 years in prison. Now, so far, the government has arrested 1,237 people in connection with the riot. That's something. That's something. The most common charges include entering or remaining in a restricted federal building or grounds, obstructing an official proceeding, assaulting or impeding police officers, and destruction or theft of government property. And some were also charged with being in possession of deadly weapons.
Now, a psychiatrist could come along, no doubt, and explain to you why the people who went into the buildings or did whatever they supposedly did, did that. And I am sure that it would be the people frustrated at the cheating that went on in the justice system the whole time against Trump. So that this was the ultimate cheat, the ultimate cheating moment of a long series of brutal, demonstrably provable impeachments and phony charges and pencil neck shift and that Jerry Nadler, all of whom claimed they were defending democracy. monkeying with the rules of the Senate. It's just uh, clear that if you really believe and you've got, you've got to say the founders of the country did, that human beings have a very good sense of what is right and wrong, then you've got to believe that these people who went to D.C. went because there was yet another wrong pile on top of a series of wrongs that had gone on the entire Trump time Trump was president. It's going to be really bad if the course doesn't get corrected. Don't you think? Wouldn't you say? Phone line, 352-707-9101. We're back with the weather in just a moment on the Ward Scott file. Stay tuned. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on 
on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, we're back here on the Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather. Brought to you by Lewis Auto, Chevron Gas Stations, Household Fuel. We've got about 69, 70 degrees here outside the Manly World Man Cave. Going to about 80 with some rain. We had a tremendous rain in the middle of the night. Over two inches of rain. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere. It was delightful. I love rain in the night. Maybe I'll write a song about that, right? Maybe, yeah, right now, huh? So uh, we're going to get some more rain, sprinkle about the country. Um, what can I tell you? It is winter somewhere, and this is our version of winter. So you see things sliding off the highway and too many cars here and there. Get out in the countryside. Get away from it all. Move out of those big cities. Come to the countryside where the rest of us live. We've got some common sense, huh? Well, the phone line is open. Let me see what we got here. Um, 352-707-9101. Real slow news day. And yet it isn't slow. Remember in those Western movies? Well, you probably don't. My generation, we grew up on Cowboys and Indians. I'll never forget it. My dad went out and got 
a black and white TV. That's all they had then. <clears throat> and on Saturday morning, he and I would watch together cowboy and Indian Western movies. It was always about guys rustling and heading off with your cattle and or this, that, one, another. Tremendous horseback rides. Tremendous shooting. You know, I asked my dad one time, those are six shooters. How come they're shooting like 30 shots? And in his typical fashion, he said, oh, that's Hollywood. So anyway, I grew up watching these cowboy and Indian westerns and also reading the comic books. We had Red Rider. We had Lone Ranger. Um, Gene Autry. It was, it was fun. And I, I, um, cereal that we ate was sponsored by people like this, you know, who had these um, contests that were linked to these shows. And it was black and white TV. Before that had been radio. I used to watch um, or listen to. That's right, Ken. I used to listen to Lone Ranger. I know Silver. And of course, we had to get him up, Scout. I talked to him. I think your mic's open, Zach. I'm hearing you. Got to talk. Got to talk to my production guys there. They were back there, you know what? Talking while I was talking. That would work. So, I used to watch these things all the time. And in many, and always, one of the moments in drama, you know, is that big old boy on his horse riding along and be real quiet. Boy, if it was real quiet, you were fixing to get ambushed. It was always real quiet before you got ambushed. It's kind of the way I feel right now about the country. It's real quiet. But you're fixing to get ambushed. There's a bunch of stuff that are out there on the table. Nobody quite knows what to do with it. You got this crazy trial in New York. I mean, that is that is... I was an English major. Well, before that, I was in engineering and this and that one. Another. I, don't, I finally lit up in English because I like reading. And I remember reading um, you know, about Hester Prynne, Puritans, Scarlet Letter. And, of course, the witchcraft trials, which Arthur Miller wrote about in the Crucian. Nothing's changed. Exactly the same. Nothing. Only this time it's not Hester Prynne. It's Donald Trump. The rest of them are going to do what they want to do. Hillary. Her husband, 
president's son. You know, I hope Bailiwick can be Ron as wants to be. I think it away scot free. But you know, I don't know how much longer we can be riding along and everything be a little quiet, but what we're about to get ambushed. Now, what do you, what would, it might be a Democrat can answer this question listening. What would you plan to do next? Would you plan, if you're a Democrat, to have Biden drop out? I've tried spinning that around in my head. I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Biden has made his living off of sitting around in D.C. It's all he's ever done. Never done anything else but that. Meanwhile, I think this is the way Wall Street Journal had this. I think this is how. Trump's courtroom calendar collides with his campaign calendar. There's a writer named James Graff who wrote this. I'm going to run this by you. Because it's an interesting time we're in. Never before has the country had a candidate pursue the presidency while facing criminal charges. Now, as we've alluded to, the Democrats have been chasing this guy since he came down the escalator. Right now, you know, after a couple of impeachments and this, that, one, another, they sent one of his sidekicks to jail today for two or three months. Trump faces 91, 91 criminal charges. He also has civil claims. Civil liabilities. Several, but not all the cases, stem from what Trump did after he lost the 2020 election. Now, here's the latest on the major cases that the Wall Street Journal is tracking. Conduct related to the 2020 election. Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago documents. Relationships with women. The Trump Organization. Alleged conspiracy over the Georgia vote. State criminal cases, 13 charges. In Georgia, the case's fate 
is uncertain because just recently the allegations were made that the district attorney improperly hired her boyfriend to prosecute it. Imagine that. Federal criminal cases. Four charges. You know, I don't want to go. I don't have any idea. Well, he does it. An appeals court, as we speak, is considering whether Trump is immune from prosecution because he was president. We also have states barring Trump from the ballot. Now, what I'm reading to you from is several pages long. I'm not even into page two yet. Supreme Court is considering Colorado's removal of Trump on grounds that he engaged in insurrection. Mar-a-Lago classified documents. Never mind that Biden had him too. Federal criminal cases, there are 40 charges. There's a Stormy Daniels Hushman. State criminal case, 34 charges. E. Jean Carroll, Carroll defamation. A jury is right now trying to decide in trial how much Trump owes her. Amazing. Amazing. Now, there are big dates in Trump's judicial calendar that bump up against his political calendar. Political? January 8th. We passed that. Federal. Trump Organization civil fraud charges. He's going to court and going out of the campaign trail at the same time. On January 15th, there were the Iowa Republican caucuses. A civil case, a second trial, uh, begins in New York on how much in damages Trump should pay, as we say, for defaming columnist E. Jean Carroll. On January 23rd, we, we came and went on that, the New Hampshire primary. On February 8th, that's coming up, states barring Trump from ballot. Do they ever, ever quit? And now they begin to worry that by not quitting, they're making him into Robin Hood. February 12th, our logo documents, classified documents. There's a hearing in Fort Pierce, Florida, on which classified materials the special counsel can withhold. On February 15th, I thought this was over a long time ago, there's going to be 
Stormy Daniels, hush money. And then we'll whiplash back to New York for a hearing in Manhattan on more of that confab. And then we'll whiplash down to Atlanta to see if we get dismissed the charges of grounds of misconduct by the district attorney there. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even finished in February. It, gets, it really ramps up in February. February 24th. This is South Carolina Republican primary. February 27th. Michigan primary. More Mar-a-Lago documents on February 28th. Huh? And that can be dragged out all the way through the month of March. March 4th, it's a big one, efforts to overturn the 2020 election. It's a federal criminal case, four charges. It's scheduled opening in D.C. His trial on four felony charges connected to his efforts to overturn Biden's 2020 election. Now, you see how that's written? That's the Wall Street Journal. In the journal, they've already convicted him. March 5th, Super Tuesday. Primary and caucuses in Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read them all. March 10th, Wyoming. March is filled with primaries. Notice that none of the court stuff is resolved. It's running parallel to the political agenda. Amazing. It's amazing. Several, several pages long. How does the guy do it? How does the guy do it? Well, Wall Street Journal also has this one. Ninety-one charges he faces. And it's beginning to worry the Democrats that he may indeed be getting out of his difficulties at the same time this is helping him with his campaign. 
and that these two things running together complement each other. Now, the Democrats are beginning to think that a knockout blow before the election is looking increasingly unlikely. That Trump's attorneys are going to get this thing spread out. All this year. Because the lawyers are having success maneuvering to delay any legal reckoning. The Supreme Court could even end up watering down Trump's federal election interference case. And the parallel prosecution in Georgia now is in jeopardy because of the parable. Love that word. The parable. All the while, people are seeing him as a victim, increasingly so, of partisan prosecutors. Corrupting an already crooked justice system. Wow. What a... That makes it Salem witch trials. I'm going to have to go back and read them. Hail in comparison. I think this is bigger drama. Now, a conviction along the way in one of these charges, there's speculation about would that cause Trump problems? And they don't really know. An exit poll was published by CNN that found that 42% of New Hampshire Republican primary voters, that includes a sizable number of independents, said Trump would be unfit to serve if convicted. And a Wall Street Journal poll in December found Trump leading Biden by four points, but Biden winning by one point if Trump had a federal conviction. So you can see what they're going to go for. You can see what they're going to go for. They're going to go for a federal conviction. Meanwhile, Christie's dropped out of the race. DeSantis has dropped out. The only one hanging in there, and she ain't going to stay in there much longer, is Haley. Well, there is a lot. Even though It's a quiet news day. 
even though it's a quiet news day, we riding along on horseback in a whole Western movie. It's way too quiet. Way too quiet. So I found that very interesting. I think that pretty much in class today, we've pretty much gone over an outline of the country's course all the way up to November. All the way up to November. Now, one last little story. Since it's odds and ends. Oh, yeah, Michael, thanks so much on the border. Oh, we got a civil war going on on the border. Man, I tell you. That is really interesting. We'll probably be able to cover that a little bit more on Monday. But the Texas Governor Greg Abbott and uh, Biden and the border. Wow. Very interesting. It made me stop and think. So I'm not going to go over that story. I was going to go over that one, but um, let, let ride. Any questions? 9.54? Couple stories I could start, but I think you get the gist. By the way, I think this is interesting. Most national polls show Trump tied with or narrowly leading Biden in a hypothetical 2020 rematch if this conviction thing comes through. Keep your eye on that. They've already been polling, so they know where to put their money. They know where to put their media sympathizers. Now, this is also interesting. Newsmax, in preparation for this Georgia trial, has a professor, J. Alex Holderman, of the University of Michigan, who came in and testified and demonstrated that Dominion voting system machines are easily handled. And then demonstrated, he used a big pen and a smart card to copy, edit, and change votes in seconds. This was published in Law 360 Pulse, which is covering the trial. Interesting. Interesting. 
Well, thank you for tuning in today. Have a great weekend. I used to say, don't take any wooden nickels. Warthog Command Center out.